Real people, real opinions, real talk radio. The multi-award-winning Niall Boylan Show. Classic hits. If you look at the figures, people say to me, well, why is there no resistance to all this, Niall? Why are people just rolling over and letting the government tell us how to live our lives? Do you know why? Because the majority of people are not financially affected by it. If you look at the actual figures, when you take into consideration, for example, children alone under the age of 18 is 1.2 million. Just children alone under the age of 18. When you take into consideration, for example, the amount of public sector workers, the amount of people who are unemployed, that's 180,000. Public sector workers, uh, 407,000. People on disability who don't have to go to work and, and no disrespect to them, that's another 147. People on carers allowance who are caring for somebody at home. So you take into consideration all of those people, that's 2.6 million people who are not financially affected by lockdowns. Not financially affected. Now they are affected, of course. As you heard today, 300 civil servants working part-time getting paid full-time by the state. You couldn't make this stuff up. They could have been given something else to do. They could have been doing some contact tracing while they were sitting in their holes watching Netflix. Health workers on sick leave will get now premium pay on top of their basic wage. Again, public sector workers. And I don't want to make this about public and private. But what I'm saying to you is private have been disproportionately affected. There's 1,506,000 private sector workers in this country. Out of those, 330,000 are unemployed at the moment because of the COVID. Because of the COVID. So they're on PUP payments. That number will drop a little bit probably tomorrow when some of them go back to work. Many of them will never go back to work or they have to get another job. So it's private. So out of the whole population, realistically, only 330,000 are out of work. Now, a lot of other people like myself are on a reduced wage or reduced hours because of COVID-19. So a small percentage of the population are only financially affected. And that's why people are not resisting the way they should or not standing up and questioning what Neffet and the government are saying. So the question I want to know is, are we dividing a nation? Are we permanently dividing a nation? I an interesting tweet online from a woman who is devastated, devastated online, that she had an opinion on COVID-19. She didn't think it was a hoax or anything like that. She thought it was dangerous, but she just wanted to live her life. She wanted to get on with it, and she's fallen out with families and family and friends. Because some people, the, the country is divided, to those who are hiding behind the sofa and curtain twitching on everybody else, and to those who just, okay, there is a virus, but I want to get on with my life. So the, cur- the country is divided. Are we permanently dividing a nation? Dublin versus the rest of the country. Dublin versus Northern Ireland. Rural Ireland versus urban Ireland. Are we dividing people in opinions, dividing people in the way we're sanctioning people and restricting people? Or are we all in this together as we keep getting told by the government? So there's the question I really want to ask you today. Do you believe we should be all in this together? Let me know. The number is 087-188-0008. And how, here we are now, Eight months down the road when we were told it would be only two weeks. Eight months down the road. Here we are, all living living lives as prisoners. How are you affected by COVID-19? 087-188-0008. That's 087-188-0008. Wait till you see. Michal and Leo will come out and say, we're not opening the wet pubs as we're taking Neffet's advice. Why not do like... Leo did the last time and not take Neffet's advice when their advice was to go to level 5. Leo didn't do it. Leo was proved wrong. And we had to go to level 5. We may well have been well out of it by now and the web pubs could have opened. So Leo, maybe this time you should do the same again and not take Neffet's advice. Particularly 
for rural pubs. It's the heart of the community. Couldn't agree with you more. Let me go to John. John, you're on Classic Hits. How you doing, John? How are you, Niall? Uh, yeah, he said it there. Wet pubs, uh, you know, it's uh, these places where people meet, particularly in rural Ireland, it's the heart of rural Ireland. And it is. It is indeed, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, but getting back to the division, are we in this together or have we divided a nation? I think we could have been a bit of a divided nation um, a couple of months ago. There might have been with, with certain areas like Kildare when it was closed down and that. But I think people are starting to realise now that it's gone too far. These these restrictions are not needed. Um, if it had been dealt with in a better way months ago, these wet pubs probably would be open now. And the older generation will be out in the streets probably talking with people, you know what I mean, instead of having to walk down to a shop to have a conversation with someone. Mm-hmm. Um, I work I work um, for one of the councils, and I go to a lot of the older generation, and it's shocking to see the the mental side of how, how people are hurting now. But see, really you, and, you and I, I suppose, in some sense, are lucky, John, that we yeah. still have a job. Yes. Uh, you know, there are many people, 330,000 to be exact, who are completely out of work because of the pandemic. And, yeah. then, and then you have another, a lot of people who are disproportionately, are disproportionately affected. They may be on uh, short hours or reduced wages or whatever it happens to be. So, so many people are financially affected by it. But then you've got a lot of people in this country who are not financially affected. Public sector workers who are actually looking for rewards for just being in work, right? Um, you're also, you've also got... By the way, I'm having a go at you, John. Niall, I, no, <laughs> Niall, I agree with you. I'm not public... Um, I won't, my missus is actually public. She's a teacher. Yeah. I, um, I'm private. So. But did you see when the politicians last night said the teachers should be rewarded for being in work since September? And I said, well, you're having a laugh now. I, I, <laughs> I won't lie to you. She, do, she doesn't see it that way. No, I, and most happy, teachers don't. She's actually don't. happy to get out of the house. Yeah, I, I don't know who's... It's unions and politicians saying this kind of stuff. Yeah. But anyway, the other thing as well is then you've got the unemployed, 180,000. No disrespect to them, but they're not financially affected by it. It doesn't. It, it's you know, it's not life dependent for them. You know, because they're all, they were already on social welfare. All right, yeah. um, and then you've got pensioners. Okay, of course they're cocooning and it's affecting their lives, but financially it doesn't affect them. Uh, you've got children under eighteen; it doesn't affect them financially either, unless their parents are skinned. So the point is, it it only affects financially and the futures of certain people, which are the people who keep getting hit, no matter what happens in this country. Which are those hardworking middle class people paying their mortgages generally. That's speaking. right. You know, yeah. and and sadly, that's that's the problem. That's why there isn't a huge resistance because people, apart from not being able to go on holidays and, and maybe go to a restaurant, people are are being disproportionately affected across the nation. That's right. And and the thing the thing is now in the job I'm in, you're nearly afraid to stand up because if everyone doesn't do it together, like you can't do it as a as a as a, as a minority. It has to be a majority that does this because. We do have to keep it going into work every day because if I don't pay my mortgage, the, the, the bank will take the house off me. Mm-hmm. So uh, we have no argument at the moment with this. We can't take. So what? What are you? Okay. So let me let me put it to you. You're in charge tomorrow. Okay. You're yeah. the you're the Taoiseach. What would you do? Okay. I think the point was hit on earlier. So we have we have. Um, clutches of this because people are having house parties to all that. And the public have made a very, very good point. If this is done properly, and I was out for a meal the whole lot when we, when we opened back up the last time, people stuck to the guidelines when they were out. The majority did, yes. It was just, it was different. But you know what? We were getting out to have a meal. We were getting out to have a few drinks for a meal. And if you, if you bring people into that, that frame of mind again, going to pubs and the, these places... People understand what they've gone through for the last nine months. 
Of course we're going to have the percentages that won't. Because but that doesn't really do matter. And I, and I listened to an expert talking about this before. You are, and you're going to see the videos of people in a pub jumping around and popping on top of each other. Exactly. And, all, and those odd videos that appear on social media. But we have a government now which are dictating public policy based on what they're seeing on social media. These are isolated incidents. The majority are, are doing what they're told. And this expert, I think it was in Sage in the UK, said you only need about 85% compliance to make it work. Do you know, if you know what I mean. I do, totally. Yeah. Niall, we... we we have a nation of, of, of nearly six million now, all right? So you're looking at a couple of hundred people on videos who can ruin this for everyone else. Is, is that even 1% of the people, you know what I mean? And if you, took, if you actually measure the data and you looked at how that would actually affect the virus, it's probably very small and not even worth talking about. But stay there for a second because I want to go to Jay as well. Jay, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Jay? No, no. Uh, Jay, I mean, okay, D-Day is, t- is tomorrow and, you know, the government are, are hatching a plan at the moment. Uh, but the pubs are not happy. I mean, have we divided a nation? Oh, yeah, no, we are turning this nation on its head and against each other. We've healthy now going to be turning against the sick. The young are going to be turning against the old and vice versa. Um, like, you've destroyed business. The business in this country are gone. The only ones who are getting rich now out of all this are online. Yeah, the, the stuff coming into this country now, the shops are never going to open again. I can I can see that now, just from what I can see coming into the country. I won't be affected by this. Right? I, my job is not affected. We're just getting busier because of it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it is so easy for people who ain't being affected to sit there and say you can do this and you can do that and you can do this. Yeah, the only yeah, the delivery companies though, who are now delivering for Amazon and everybody else are making a fortune. Well, I'm no, not going to no, say no, making no, a fortune. They're doing well. But, we're nearly 500 drivers short now in this country. Yeah. Van drivers. They're screaming. Every Korean company, all the big ones out there, are falling over each other trying to get van drivers in now. Uh, the bomb post has never been as busy with parcels. Have you noticed the bikes are starting to disappear and they're all going around in vans? Mm-hmm. Um, there's one major man, as we all know, sitting at the top of all this, Mr. Dysoff. What did he make? 98 billion? Uh, he's, worth, no, he's worth 165 billion, isn't he now? Oh, well, he's, he's the richest man in the world. He's made 50 billion since the pandemic started. That's right, yeah. Not his fault. Yeah. Not his fault. He's in the right place at the right time. Yeah. But uh, no, we're really turning on each other. With people looking out the windows, as you said, they take a photograph of people enjoying themselves and pulling it up, and people are lambasting them. Well, here's a question, and I just want to put it out there. Would it not be cheaper? to look after the vulnerable than let the healthy go back to work? Or is it not costing us more to keep healthy people locked up to save a few vulnerable people? And I know it sounds bad, but would it not be better... Well, I, I, and I, and I want to reiterate, I, I know you have the best intentions when you say that. I mean, every life is I worth might, I might be keeping. Wrong. I might yeah, be yeah, no, 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 you're not. No, I, not. I understand what you're um, saying. Would it not be cheaper to look after and give the vulnerable what they need and let everybody else just get on with it? Is, 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 is it not costing us more the other way around? Okay, we'll, we'll stay there for a second. Let me go to Bevan as well, if I can. Bevan, you're on Classic Kids. How are you doing, Bevan? Good, Niall. How are you? You're a public... Uh, you work in a public sector. I do. Okay, so yeah. you're not affected financially, but you are affected by... And I did point out you are affected by restrictions and lockdowns. You can't go on holidays yeah. and go to a restaurant and everything else. But I suppose... Are we dividing a nation with people who are still on their full pay and still working away? And like myself, I'm still working away. I'm not on full pay, but I'm still working away. And those who have lost their jobs or are struggling financially? Um, I don't think so. Um, I won't say what I'm doing, but what I do is every day I help people who are struggling financially. Okay. And like I'm working from home. Yep. Um, I'm working about 12 hours a day and I'm absolutely exhausted, but I know I'm doing this so people can get paid. Right, okay. 
So I don't think it's fair to say that there's a line driven down the middle by those But who are there's always, there's a, and I don't want to start a fight between the public and private sector by any stretch yeah. of the imagination because everybody's job is important in society. I have always believed that. But you, I mean, get paid at the end of the week or the end of the month, should I yeah. say, right? Your, your pay is not affected. Your future uh, financially is not affected by it. No. Because your job will always be there. I mean, yeah. most public I, sector jobs are jobs for life, right? I thank my lucky stars. Absolutely. For that. And, and yeah. by the way, no, you're not lucky. Look, you've worked hard for it, I'm sure, okay? So the, the point is, but private sector people, I mean, when we look at the private sector in this country, it's, what did I say again? It's 1.5 million people in this country are in the private sector, Right. A lot of their jobs have been decimated. Their pubs are closed, their businesses, their restaurants, their shops have been... De- and people who have worked their businesses for 20 or 30 years, gone, gone, wiped yeah. out and may never open again. And, and Jay is right. When, when we do get back to shopping again, people have been socially conditioned now to shop online. These places probably won't be as busy as they used to be and they may not survive. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you there now on that. So, like, you know, so the line, are we all in this together, Bevan? Are we all in it together? Well, it, it depends on what way you put that into context. Are we all in this together? Like, are you talking financially? Well, it's everything. Because, I mean, but you but know the support mean? is there for those that have, like, it's not as if they're down to the 198 a week mm-hmm. or whatever. The, the, the 350, yeah, they're on 350, yeah. 350. You should be thankful for that, Niall. I'm sorry, but that sounds condescending. It's not as if, I mean, that lady is not financially affected by this. But there's other people out there that are, and... Oh, you're not down to 198. People who work have a certain standard of life. So they have certain bills to pay and they need certain money. Having that money is not good enough. But the government couldn't afford it. It's already... Oh, exactly, we're already in yeah. this for 80 billion. I think it's going to cost the state 80 billion so far. Noel, Noel, the elite, the elite in this country are doing what they want. I'm sorry, but the, uh, the elite in this country are just doing what they want. And oh, we're sorry. One statement covers 50 apologies. I'm sorry, it's wrong. We've destroyed this country. And I, uh, me personally, I'd get rid of NEFTA and bring in fresh, fresh thinking. New thinking, new, new, new brains. I mean, can I just ask you, Bevan, your opinion, if you don't want me asking you this. Sure. In relation to the restrictions, the lockdowns, do you think it's disproportionate to the damage that actually COVID-19 itself has done? I do. Personally, I do. Um, I think this, like, the sh- to the, take the likes of the shop and, like, Tesco's and not selling toys. That, that's, that's madness, isn't it? It's crazy. I mean, Absolutely crazy. It is. Oh, we had we had the minister of state on, on national television telling us that underwear wasn't important. Yes, <laughs> yeah. I have I have a child with additional needs, and he has bowel issues. Yeah. So we go through underwear, and we go through tracksuit bottoms like there's no tomorrow. I can imagine. Yeah. yeah. And because he's fourteen, so he's not a child. Child, he's not a baby. I know he can get baby clothes. Yeah, yeah. So I have to go to the manager and explain to the manager why I need tracksuits for him. That's Which terrible. Is, it's crazy. You see, we, we should never be in that position. It's completely disproportionate. I mean, don't get me wrong. I know some people have died, and I'm well aware of that. The CSO figures were out for the start of November, by the way, which don't seem to match the Neffitz figures. According to the CSO, 1,463 it was people died, or something. I think that was the figure in around that, not the 2,000. But then Leo Varadkar did mention during the year that there was five or 600 deaths that had to be taken off the list because they were suspected COVID cases. And it seems that was the case, after all, and it isn't actually 2,000 people. So I don't know why they keep saying 2,000 people every night. There isn't 2,000 people, sadly, have passed away. And as we know, many people have passed away that are in care homes. I'm not saying their lives are not valuable. Of course their lives are valuable. But we have to take into consideration and have a very grown-up debate about the fact that people do die in life. My husband, who is a taxi driver, although on the state pension, lost his job due to COVID-19. And although we had financial commitments, uh, we weren't given any extra 
because they can only give you one pension, apparently. So we went from earning a decent living to 240 euro per week. Thank you. Yes, it has disproportionately affected people around the country. Um, And today you read a story that more than 300 civil servants working in the state agency who are actually not working because the department is closed are getting a full salary while they're sitting down watching telly all day. Um, uh, Well, they're working part-time, should I say. Working part-time rather than full-time and they're sitting down um, kind of doing nothing. Uh, Richie says, for you know sake, uh, the public sector clowns in the City Hall here in Cork are giving each other awards just for doing their jobs. And he enclosed a letter that uh, the Cork City Council had sent out to the Social Distancing Rangers Initiative because they're awarding each other just for doing a good job. Well done to you. Carl, you're on Classic Kids. How you doing, Carl? How you doing, Uh, Carl, people are disproportionately affected. I know you've been disproportionately affected to some degree because you um, haven't got to see your child. I spoke to you before, Carl, because I know your child is abroad. Yeah, I have a child in Asia. My wife is in South America. I can't get a visa for them to for them to come back in. They won't. They just because of these offices are apparently not open in some of the countries. Yeah, I have letters from the government to say that. My travel is essential because my child doesn't have a mother or that. And uh, when I, my requirement is for travel insurance to enter the country, but um, my insurance company won't uh, recognise that the, the email that the government sent me. How long has you seen your child? She's five, and I haven't seen her in a year and three months. I'm sorry to hear that. And you'd normally get over maybe, what, once or twice a year, maybe, would you? Or? Oh, three or four. Maybe three months yeah. ago. Yeah. I haven't seen my wife in 12 in 13 months. But the funny, the annoying part is, is back in March and, and April, at the start of COVID, the government were able to rush in foreign nationals from non-Europeans into this country within three days to help in the health sector. Now, I, I do appreciate, okay, it was an urgent job that we needed, yeah, but yet they were doing nothing for me to bring my wife back into the country. Yeah. It's now thirteen months. You know, there's no post out there, but they, they won't allow me to do anything. You know, so you haven't got to see her to communicate with her. And does she does she have FaceTime or a phone or anything like that? Or yeah, but it's not very good out there at the moment. I don't know if you've seen in South America. There's there's murder out there. Yeah. The impeachment of the president and <clears throat> different things. So um. It's just very difficult on both sides, you know. Yeah, it must, and, uh, it must be very hard for you. Know, I, can, I, can, I can only imagine. There's lots of people in a similar situation to myself. I'm worse off, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so it's so the the point I was making today is, are we really all in this together? We're not. Sure. We're not really. We all, we're all affected differently, aren't we? I don't think so, no. No. I, I, but I, I do feel most of us have tried to do our bit, you know. Yeah. Um, through, through the past eight months, I think most of the country has did that bit, you know. Yeah. I do feel sorry for the two or three sectors that wasn't made open, like the, the taxis and the pubs and restaurants, you know. Yeah. A lot of people lost their jobs and a lot of businessmen, you know, having to let go staff and stuff like that as well. It, it, it can't be easy, you know? Yeah, well, people spend their life building their business up for it just to be taken away, you know, and gone. Exactly, within eight yeah. months. Yeah, yeah. It's gone, yeah. yeah. Well, look, Carl, I, I wish you luck and I, ho- I hope you get to see her soon. It's a daughter, isn't it, you have? Yeah, yeah. yeah uh, I hope you get to see her soon. That must be terribly hard on you. And I, I, I can only imagine how that, that must feel for you. So it must be I'm very stick difficult. With it. Yeah, there's, there's other people that's worse off. Yeah. But, um, all right, thanks for that. All right, no problem, Carl. Appreciate you. Appreciate you coming to the air. Somebody says I work in the public sector for seventy percent of the going rate uh, for what a private sector would be getting doing the same job. Well, and just to 
put a little caveat in that. There was research done last year, I remember talking about it at the time, and public sector pays on average are higher than private sector. So anyway, that, that just might be your position, uh, depending on who you're compara- making your comparables with. Uh, but public sector do get paid more on average than private sector. Anyway, uh, my wife has been on a PUP payment since March. How people think public sector workers aren't affected is beyond me. Uh, but we're doing it on an individual basis. Well, that's just your wife happens to work in the private sector. We're doing it, we're talking about individuals and we're talking about the population per se and many people work in public sector and private sector. Anyway, I don't want to create a war here. Our partners have lost their jobs. The fact that we're paid uh, so little in the public sector means the household needs two salaries to cover the cost. Uh, which, are you having a laugh? I've just told you that public sector, on average, get paid more than private sector. Your job might be low paying, but generally speaking, in the public sector, they're paid more. There's a lot of people in the private sector who work on minimum wage. Actually, vast majority of them work on minimum wage and probably get paid less than you. Uh, I might not have to... uh, uh, dropped to three fifty a week, uh, so you're clearly earning more than three fifty. But we've had to pause the mortgage and are struggling to get by while people who do the same job as me are living it up in the private sector. Uh, I'm not going to read any more of your text, to be honest with you. Uh, not everybody in the private sector is living it up, as you say. Absolute nonsense. The majority of the private sector are struggling, just like everybody else. They're not living it up. Some people are living it up, and some people in the public sector are living it up as well.